0: Christ can change your past. He died on the cross so that
1: all the sins you've ever committed, all the things you've ever done wrong, are forgiven. You were dead. He breathed into your lungs the breath of eternal life, and he resurrected you. It is by grace. Now, now,
0: right now, you confess and believe. And here we go. Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, the weekly podcast about what two knuckle-headed pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization and occasionally some Southern Baptist news. My name is Matt Hensley, and I'm the pastor of Mayhill Baptist in Mayhill, New Mexico, and the managing editor of Lifeway Pastors, a division of facts and trends.
1: And I'm joined by none other than. Dr. Kyle Bierman, pastor of First Baptist Church of Alamogordo, New Mexico, director of replanter development for the North American Mission Board. And together we bring a combined 30 some odd years of ministry experience, uh, which means we are experts at what not to do, and you should definitely Absolutely. not listen uh, to anything that we say unless it is to learn what not to do. We, we, we provide uh, ample fodder for that and, and many pitfalls for you to avoid.
0: Amen. We could write a multi-volume book on yes.
1: things not to do. And uh, a real book, would, not, not the pamphlet. Yeah, that we released it, it would yet. be a
0: lot longer than our <laughs> pamphlet, uh, Replanting Rural Churches, which we would love for you to grab from Amazon. Yes, uh, we wish it was on Lifeway.com, but what you can find on Lifeway.com or on Amazon or wherever books are pretty much sold is the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. Uh, we both use it for our preaching and devotional and uh, encourage you to check out a translation that is both readable and accurate and uh, yeah, csbible.com and we're grateful for their partnership with the show. And uh, we actually have a little inside scoop on some editions that are coming out soon uh, that we look forward to highlighting for our audience. And uh, so uh, be on the lookout for those, but Kyle, um, Enough about that, and enough about our 33 years of nonsense. Uh, we are experts at parents, and uh, you you have two kids that are, you yes. are expertly raising. I have four kids that I'm expertly raising, and uh, so tell us what's happening with your fam.
1: Yes, well, as I am um, becoming an expert in what not to do in parenting as well, uh, yes, uh, as we've talked before, I have a 12-year-old son and a soon-to-be 11-year-old daughter. God bless um, you. Who, <laughs> yes, I, I'm about to have two preteens. Uh, it's going to be fantastic until I'll, I'll have that for about six months until we enter the realm of teenagerdom. And um, I am so I'm sure that will no, it's a lot OK, of- though, because
0: Podcasting. when when he becomes a teen, you'll be amazed at how much he knows. Like he's <laughs> going to know yeah. so much. He's oh. going to know everything, Kyle, and uh, and you won't have to worry about a thing because he will know absolutely everything there yes. is to know, and you won't have to know a thing. So that's
1: right. Yeah. Uh, look
0: forward to those days, Kyle. Awesome. Record everything. It'll be thank great.
1: you. As yeah. I said, I'm sure that'll provide ample fodder for the for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we are uh, we're finishing up basketball, um, our God bless them winless team, um, moving forward in, in in basketball. So that that is almost done. Uh-huh. Have, have you thought about uh, like incorporating a trash
0: can into your game plan, <laughs> like maybe banging on it when, you know, the, the other team has a ball and you, you can tell you know, they're playing. I mean, that, that works for certain for, uh, professional for, sports, yes. you know, so may, maybe, maybe that's an option for you know, what, what is your
1: team's name? Um, so we are the the bench warmers. We're we're, we're the Eagles. Yes. Oh, we are the Eagles. I'm Um, sure that feels good as a Cowboys fan. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm afraid that incorporating a trash can would only serve to further distract our players from the giant (laughs) orange ball that they're supposed to be focusing on. They'll start throwing it into the trash can, but they'll miss that too. It's okay. Yeah. 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 So our kids,
0: our kids are doing well. and, And, uh, we had some sickness come through the, uh, the house. And of course with, uh four kids and two adults that usually means everybody goes down for the count but this yep. time uh somehow by the grace of god only one uh was sick and uh she she missed out on a weekend with some friends um which also meant because she was she was sick uh rebecca like didn't let her eat any sugar and so that ended our daddy daughter donut date thingy at the Mayhill cafe because she had to stay home and have a piece of toast. (laughs) Uh, Other than that, our family is doing well, school's going uh, good and, uh, and so forth. And so our church uh, too is, uh, is going and blowing. We're still uh, plugging through second Timothy uh, and the Psalms in our evening service. And uh, that has been a great encouragement for our folks and for me to walk through it, uh we've uh, i've titled each of the sermons have gospel in it some way uh because our our sermon uh series topic is protecting and passing on the beautiful gospel and uh, so
1: now have you adjectivized the the gospel uh i don't know so is there like you know gospel no, power and and gospel no power and...
0: No, okay. no. It's like a gospel greeting, rekindling um, the gospel. I'm not that, that, the gospel. A gospel
1: greeting is, is adjectivizing the gospel.
0: Well, I don't know how English works. I'm just <laughs> an editor for a, for <laughs> yeah, a major blog, a blog um, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but so that's going well. How, how are things at First Almagordo?
1: Man, things are rocking along. Yeah. We're, uh, we, we, um, we've had a good year. We've seen some, seen some growth, seen some, I think some spiritual growth. Um, we're in the process of updi- updating bylaws and constitution. So that's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, just, you know, uh, managing a, managing a growing church and trying to love on people and, and point them to Jesus and proclaim the gospel. So, um, yeah, it's been, been good. Uh, yeah. how about Mayhill? What's, what is exciting at, at Mayhill Baptist Church? The
0: so one very exciting thing <laughs> is the fact that I'm done with my, uh, last, uh, or at least the last seminar that I did at Southwestern nice. a seminar with Dr. Kenneth priest on church revitalization. And I actually used, uh, your church, yeah, and you my church for some of the, uh, the assignments that we had. And I apologize to our listeners. If you hear a bird, but there is a bird right outside of my he shed. And, uh, I, I don't have my 22 down here to take care of it. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and we, we don't support such a thing that would be senseless killing, but, uh, but anyway, I'm done with that. And, uh, and my final project, uh, was on a church revitalization strategy. And so what, what I ended up doing is I used the quick insight reports by the North American mission board, uh, to highlight some of our demographics. And, and that really provided me some great insight for what we can be doing now. And so while I was submitting it ultimately for a grade, it's something that I can put into practice and have already begun to put into practice uh, for our church. And uh, so I'm pretty pumped about that. And, uh, but that gives us good reason to highlight the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, The only seminary that I know would allow me to, to not come just once, but twice uh, to attend. And uh, so I'm certainly grateful for that. Uh, but don't let that deter you, but visit swibits.edu after the show and find out about what God is up to. We're now at the year mark uh, for Dr. Adam Greenway at the helm, and uh, he is doing a phenomenal job there. And uh, attendance is up, enrollment is up, excitement is up. Uh, and uh, so we want to continue to encourage you to pray uh, for Southwestern as they uh, change the culture there and move forward to the uh, call that God has for them. And, okay. and so we're grateful for that. But uh, Kyle, I don't know if, uh, if you've noticed, uh, but SBC Twitter has <laughs> continued to lose its ever loving mind. Yeah. You, uh, you know, I, was,
1: I was just about to ask, you know, we, we both manage uh, some social media sites for, for uh, our various um, entity jobs. And, and I was just going to say, you know, man, it's, it's been such a boring week. And yeah. The nothing going nothing, on. Nothing. nothing.
0: Um, I mean, so I don't even know what we'll talk about. Maybe uh, you know, underwater basket weaving or
1: something. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I feel like saying that I, I guess just Twitter has lost its mind anymore is, is a pretty common statement, right? I mean, now now this week we're, we can say yes, especially that SBC Twitter has lost its mind. But even that, I feel like a couple of times throughout the year we have to say that. And, yeah. But well, because- I mean,
0: you could have, and, and this is just the way public discourse has gone. You can have President Trump say good morning. And he will probably have one or two replies that will say, I hope you die. I mean, that's It's just the way it is right now. And uh, that's that's the decorum. And I think part of that is we have lost the value of face-to-face, over a cup of coffee, yep. discussing the issues with people. And, uh, and so when okay. we're behind a keyboard, it's easy to forget that the person on the other side of it or the many people on the other side of it are real human beings and have their own struggles and all that kind of stuff. And so we can just tee off and spout off on things and have no recourse. We can say whatever we want. And uh and I I really wish that like the creators just one day, like Facebook, Twitter, and everybody just said, you know what, this was a bad idea. We're done. It's a delete
1: button and And
0: everything's deleted and we have to suddenly learn how to converse with people one on one over a cup of coffee. And, uh, and I think that would be great yeah. for the SBC life as a whole and probably America uh, in general. Yeah. But yes, the SBC Twitter has continued to lose its mind. Uh, we also had the EC meet this week. Uh, the Pastors Conference saga, I guess at this point, reaches day 10 or 11, though it seems like months. Uh, at this point, it's, it's like a daytime yeah. soap opera, uh, you know, as the world turns, as the Pastors Conference <laughs> turns right now. Yes. And, and, uh, and also they got
1: turned up to 11. So not it 11. did get turned
0: oh. up to 11. To and, 11. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, we, we have some news there. in in response to concerns over the lineup, uh, FBC Orlando said that they would cover the cost of the pastor's conference. And then in response to the response to the concerns over the lineup, the executive committee essentially gave them an ultimatum on changes needed to be made or they were going to withhold the use of the venue. Uh, That also causes some some concerns too because you've got uh, exhibitors and and so forth that are there and ultimately relying on the pastor's conference traffic uh, for you know people to be coming in and out and and coming to see what what you know, people are doing and, and they're different areas. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: So, so here's my question, Matt, if, if, if this ends up being precedent setting where the uh, host church or the, the host pastor ends up having to cover the cost of the pastor's conference or outright host it for 2021, if, if, uh Mayhill Baptist is stuck with a $100,000 bill or something to reimburse the, uh, the executive committee, what's your plan for that?
0: I, I'm pretty sure the church would say we will use your salary to <laughs> offset some of that. And, and, and what are uh, you going to do with the other
1: eighty-five <laughs> thousand
0: yeah, yeah. uh, dollars? <laughs> I'll see if I can reach out to Facts
1: and Trends. Hey, so, yeah.
0: y'all, uh, you want to hook a brother up? So, so uh, here's
1: my thought. All right, like, like it's a lot. It would be a lot cheaper for you just to fly in preachers to Mayhill, America, or I guess to El Paso, and then take the two-hour drive up to Mayhill, America, and just Facebook Live. The pastors' conference live from your sanctuary. Actually, right? I, that
0: would be a disaster because our <laughs> Wi-Fi is so oh, bad. okay. It would finally buffer by 2023, <laughs> and uh, you know. But
1: at least the, the Word of God never changes, That's and right. uh, you know, it would, <laughs> it still, would still be relevant. relevant. Okay, uh, so to tell relevant. you what, I will offer I will offer FBC Alamogordo, where we just upgraded our internet speed about three weeks ago. So you can host it here. Okay, I'll I'll offer that to you and then uh, we'll do the pastor's conference, and then we can all fly from El Paso to Nashville on Monday. It would be the event of the year. Perfect.
0: And uh, that that would be something. That's all I could say about that. That would be (laughs) something. Uh, But uh, another thing that came out of that meeting was uh, the announcement of a second investigation in three years into the ERLC after Newly Formed Network had bombarded them with concerns. Uh, I really can't think of any decision they would be able to make that wouldn't be taken to the floor yeah. at an annual meeting. Uh, we've seen how those have gone in the past, but one of the concerns that they noted was whether or not the ERLC's actions were harming the cooperative program. Many know there's churches that withheld their giving to missions, church planning, and such through the CP because of Moore's position on President Trump. And a friend of ours shared uh, you know, some thoughts there about just the fact that at times, the, the younger folks and, and some of us that are more uh, technologically savvy, we we tend to fight our battles on social media. And that doesn't necessarily get to the ears of the executive committee. And, uh, and so we encourage you, wh- whatever state you are in, and wherever you fall on the issue, pro, anti, whatever, uh, that this is how the process ultimately works, is you can write to uh, your trustee your representative for for your state that can be passed on and and so forth and so there's ways to gather that information find out the people that are uh in in your area and you can reach out and, and share with them pro con whatever whatever your your thoughts are and uh and, and let them know how you how you feel and and what you want them to do uh, because they ultimately are serving you and representing you and uh and your church and uh Kyle
1: yeah and and now let me put cards on the table here, because I say this as an employee of a CP-supported entity. Um, don't the, the withhold your Board. Gift. Well, well, but 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 I also say this as the pastor of a church that sends ten percent of, of our undesignated offerings to um, CP. Now we're not we're not bringing in mega million dollars, but but still we're we're a contributing, we're supporting church, we're partnering church. I, don't withhold cooperative program funds i i i see that this this is my opinion as as an individual okay so i'm not speaking for any church or organization but i i see that really as antithetical to our position as southern baptists because those cooperative program funds go on to uh, the international mission board to the north american mission board they go on to our six seminaries and and yes a small portion, the last figure I saw, I believe, was 1.5% uh, goes on to the ERLC to support the, the ministry that happens there. I, I don't see why a disagreement with that entity would lead me to, to stop sending CP money for, for any reason. Because I look at that, and what, what I tell our church every Sunday as we use um, the uh, a tool that the executive committee has put together called 52 Sundays that highlights 52 different missionaries every every week or every year, so one a week. Um, when I start talking cooperative program, those are the people that I think of. I think of a church planter in Chicago, or uh, oftentimes an international missionary um, whose face is not shown and whose real names are not used uh, on that. Uh, on that profile because they're serving in such a sensitive area that just putting their real name on uh, that uh, website or putting their picture on that site could, could bring harm to them, could put them in danger. That's who our CP money is going to support. And and I just don't get the point of, of, you know, we're going to make a statement by withholding our CP money until things are done our way. And again, that's regardless of where you fall on, any number of issues that are happening in the, in the SBC right now,
0: there, Cal, there are other ways to do it. I have two words for you. Okay. Two Words for you.
1: Okay. Millennial. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so here, here's, here's my thing, right? I think, I think that that carries like a statement would carry a lot more weight. If, if there's a letter that says, listen, we are a contributing member. We, we give 10% to the cooperative program and we are going to continue to give 10% to the cooperative program. Yes, we're going to argue about things in the Southern Baptist Convention. We've been doing that for the last 170 now, six years, if I'm not mistaken. We're going to argue about things, but we're known, we should be known for our cooperating together, hence the cooperative program.
0: And with that, I will get off my soapbox. Something that I, I, at least I haven't seen any major pushback, which um, it, it, it grieves me that it's necessary, but I'm very glad that I didn't see any pushback. Uh, was that they also voted to disfellowship a Southern Baptist church in Texas, uh, Ranchland Heights Baptist in Midland, whose senior pastor Philip Rutledge uh, is a registered uh, sex offender. Uh, This, as far as I know, is the first church to be kicked out since the revamped credentials committee was set in motion in Birmingham. And so we often talk about, uh, you know, trust the process. This is part of that process. Um, You know, we, we would like, uh, perhaps to to have a knee-jerk reaction. And even this, hopefully, I mean, my prayer is this task force will keep it from being a knee-jerk reaction as they investigate again. Uh, same thing with this uh, credentials committee. They're taking their time, they're doing it right, making sure that everything is, is on the up and up and, and handling it well and with grace and doing the right thing. And uh, so I'm grateful to see an example uh, just this week of the process at work and, uh, and working. And uh, and then uh, on better or, or more gospel uh, news too, we also have the announcement of the partnership between the IMB, uh, which those of you that may be new to the Southern Baptist Convention are not involved. That's our missions organization. And then the North American Mission uh, Board, which is our church planting and disaster relief org, uh, they're going to work together for national and international compassionate uh, causes through Send Relief. And uh, and I, I'm grateful for Send Relief because I got a Yeti mug uh, from them, uh, which, you know, since we have maybe people listening in, just so you know, that was not funded by cooperative program giving. Uh, that was private donors that gave that. And I'm very grateful because when it is 14 degrees outside, when I'm drinking my coffee in the morning, my coffee can stay warm. And I can also be reminded to pray for our sin relief uh, ministries that are doing some amazing work uh, here and around the globe. And uh, so, so Kyle, you're you're with Nam. Any any thoughts there? Have you heard anything?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think this was um, really just a matter of time before something like this happened. Um, so, disaster relief, um, which has which typically been run through state conventions, um, ha- has been an international. Uh, partnership for a long time. The, I mean, when the tsunamis hit um, in 2004, um, there were there were a number of, of state conventions who sent their disaster relief teams um, internationally. And so I, I think really this makes sense um, to have IMB partnering with Send Relief as well um, to now get I think to free up some more resources that can be used uh, for disaster relief uh, when. When disasters hit not just here in north america but really around the world and and that'll give us a chance to to partner with international missionaries who are already on the field and already have some relationships built and then also of course can follow up so i mean in you know in in the wake of a disaster um as we've seen with puerto rico when when the news media leaves um the disaster effects are yeah yeah Yeah. the, the effects of the disaster are not done and, and the relief effort does not end when the when the news cameras pull away either, and so those are long term partnerships um, and, and I think working you know alongside international missionaries if we can plug into places where where we already have personnel uh, that just makes sense um, from from a humanitarian aid standpoint as well as from a gospel standpoint uh, where we want to continue sharing the gospel and providing hope to people who in, in some cases have lost everything. So yep. yeah, I think it's great. Um, by the way, if you've never volunteered with disaster relief, uh, let me really encourage you to do that. You don't have to go across the world. Uh, sometimes you can stay right in your state and go serve for a week. Um, and, and really meet people at the point of their need. they certainly their biggest felt needs right after disasters. Hit. you um, you can even com,
0: come and serve on the podcast because it is a disaster <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. yes. Uh, but uh <laughs> finally another uh, I thought it was a bold uh great call uh, that president Ronnie Floyd gave us with vision 2025 uh, which he called a path forward to help us reimagine a new future together again there's that word, uh, kind of implying that cooperation of reaching the world for Christ. That is why we're here, for the propagation of the good news of Jesus Christ. Every person, every town, every city, every state, uh, and every nation. And uh, those, those five strategic actions that he gave uh, include increasing the total number of full-time, fully funded missionaries by a net gain of 500. Of course, that means there are going to be some that retire and, uh, and leave the field. So we want a net gain of 500, giving the SBC 4,200 full-time, fully funded missionaries through the IMB, adding another 6,000 churches to the Southern Baptist family, giving the SBC more than 50,000 churches. Again, there are churches that close and, uh, and, and, obviously NAM is working hard at, at that, but also planting, uh, is a big work, uh, to be done. And then number three, uh, to increase the total number of workers in the field through a new emphasis on calling out the called uh, which is one of my favorite things uh that uh Chitwood highlights a lot is at, at times we just we kind of leave that empty-handed and and but to truly take time in our sermons and in what we do in our churches to call out the called uh, to what they're called to do preparing those who are called out by the Lord uh and IMB will train them nam will train them wherever they're called um in our seminaries I will train them. We've got a great uh, cooperative fellowship of different entities that are working together to make this happen. And then number four, turn around the ongoing decline in the SBC in reaching, baptizing, and discipling 12 to 17-year-olds in the prime of their teenage years. So basically reaching your son and uh, trying to get him saved despite (laughs) his... his father, despite his pastor, uh, that we want to see a turnaround for people like Noah so that there is hope uh, for them. But as a former student pastor, I think you would agree this is a great call and a needed call. Uh, And then five, increasing SBC-wide annual giving in successive years to reach and ultimately surpass $500 million given through the cooperative program. And I can't imagine uh, what God is going to do in and through those, yeah. those funds in this bold call, if we will follow it. And, uh, because it's a clear call, uh, it seems to be of God. And, and I think it's something that everybody, whether they are a traditionalist or a Calvinist or Bible full time, whatever, wherever they find themselves can find something in there that they can be a part of and, and see happen in our Southern Baptist life.
1: Yeah. And, and really, uh, so let I me mean, start off with number one, right? Increasing the number of full-time fully funded missionaries by a net gain of 500. Um, this, this is why we were formed. Yeah. And th- th- this is why the SBC began to exist was because uh, we wanted to reach the nations with the gospel. And so this is huge. As you said, I mean, there's, there's going to be people that retire. There's going to be people that have to come back for, for various reasons. Um, but but increasing by a net gain of 500 is great and then uh, yeah the 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 one that hits me uh, kind of where where i am right now is number 2 adding 6000 new churches to the southern baptist family so that's through um, you know that's going to be through planting uh, which we're we're huge proponents of of church planting um, and, you know at, at all levels right we we know churches plant churches and and partnering with local associations and state conventions and the north american mission board we we need to plant churches. Um, here in New Mexico, I had a conversation right, but right before we started recording, um, we're, we but the person I was talking with, we, we, we basically said, look, you, you take a map of New Mexico and you drop a pin anywhere on there. We probably need a church in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think we have anywhere in the state that we would say is fully saturated with churches. We need more churches. And I know that's, that's the same across North America, but also, um, that means that we want to stem the tide of dying and declining churches. And one of the most exciting things that I've been able to be a part of is uh, last year, the replant team, we were able to identify 200 churches that at one time were on the verge of dying and last year took steps to stop that process. And so with there, there are 200 churches that, that are now no longer in danger of, of immediate death. We've, we've at least extended their life period, which, which is a good thing. Yeah. And again, that, that requires churches partnering together and local associations and state conventions and the North American mission board partnering together to say, we want to be a part of stopping this narrative or changing the narrative of dying and declining churches in North America.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm, I love all these. And and of course the last one, uh, you know, increasing CP, we've already, I've already given you my opinion on the corporate program and, and <laughs> yeah, how much please, of supporter I am. You. So, um, uh, big, yeah, big, big fan of these. I, like you said, I think it's bold. Um, five years can seem like a long time, but but really, that's not a that's not a lot of, of time. And especially as we're both going to have kids, uh, literally from twelve to seventeen. I mean, the next five years, my twelve year old will be seventeen in twenty twenty five. And so number four hits hits both of us uh, very hard because we'll we'll have kids in that in that age range in the next five years. So yeah, good for Dr. Floyd, but we really need to get him on here. I'm excited to have him on the podcast at some point.
0: Yeah, and and because one of the things that I I do love about him is and I didn't know uh how or or if or or how I would see this shown is how he values the every pastor. And uh that's that's of course at my uh heartbeat for the potential 2021 pastors conference. And uh and then, you know, we we I got a little famous on, on Twitter yes. uh, this week. Kind of you're, inadvertently. You're, you're,
1: the mo- you're the most famous man in SBC land.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't go that <laughs> far, um, but I did have a couple of posts kind of go nuts uh, to the point where I had to turn off my phone. Uh, it's, it's not a Samsung, but I thought I would have the, the iPhone blow up in my hand um, because I, I posted about bivocational pastors and, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about some of the SBC news, but we're ultimately here for the every pastor that's, that's out in pulpits in the SBC. And, uh, and for our guys, what I noticed is there are a ton of bivocational pastors in the SBC. Uh, Dr. Priest and I spoke about it and, and uh, just looking at some of the CP numbers and ACP reports and so forth, there's a good likelihood that about 75%. Uh, are are part time in some form, or or people like you and I uh, that have to have some kind of a side gig to kind of make ends meet mm-hmm. and so forth. And and so championing those guys, those guys. And so I, I saw that and and put together an article that we'll put in the the show notes. But just if you're listening, uh, I I just want to remind you of something that that maybe you don't realize, but there is no such thing as part-time ministry uh part-time bivocational tri-vocational whatever it's an issue of salary and paperwork Uh, there is no such thing as part-time ministry you'd have a better chance at finding bigfoot or the Loch next monster or a happy sbc day on twitter Uh, i mean that's (laughs) the that's the reality that we face and and there's some that choose it to to leverage opportunities to share the gospel others because they have to like us uh, but uh but it 's one of those things that that we have to remember it 's not a second class ministry Bivocational vocational ministers are not second class uh, ministers in fact, I would say they are uh heroes and uh and so we don 't value them enough and we don 't realize how many of them there are among us uh, but uh but we you know we know and we wrote a book about this they don 't find themselves on the conference circuit uh yet these are Uh, I I think, I I just have a feeling that if you took a a true bivocational pastor that is working a full-time job and then working to put together sermons and uh, meet his uh, church's needs and also his family's needs, you're going to find somebody that is probably a very organized brother and probably somebody that has learned how to delegate, has learned how to lead uh, when when he doesn't have that kind of time. And uh, so when you don't have... 20, 30, hundred people on your, your staff. And, and it's just you, you got to learn how to do these things. And, uh, and then while, while they may not find themselves on the conference circuit, some of these guys are the ones that can preach the walls down and, uh, they certainly can preach, uh, better, better than us. And, uh, and I think we need to value them and champion them better. And, uh, and we aim to do that with this podcast. We aim to do this with this article that we're sharing and uh, just again, we, we are here ultimately for you. And so if you have any questions about revitalization, uh, you can reach out to us on uh, social media. We've shared that before. Mine is uh, M Hensley on Twitter. Uh, Kyle's is Kyle, B-U-E-E-R-M-A-N-N uh, on Twitter. And uh, because he didn't want to make it easy for anybody and wanted to have the appearance of evil having beer in, in his name. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but we are here ultimately for you to encourage and champion you in the call that God has for you. Even if that's in the middle of nowhere, even if you're barely hanging on by a thread, it is worth it to stay in and keep pressing on
1: to the call that God has for you. Kyle? Uh, yeah, man, I echo everything that Matt just said. Um, bivocational pastors are our heroes. And um, I, I think, as Matt said, certainly um, represent a large section of the SBC and, um, some of the, some of the most phenomenal leaders that I've ever seen, um, manage a, a full time, if you want to call it secular job and, um, and pastor a church well, and, uh, man, I'm, I'm blown away every time I see somebody who is able to do that well, uh, cause I, I can't manage anything well. So <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is true. This is one of the few things we agree on.
1: Yep. Uh, but,
0: uh, but another thing that we do agree on is that God has called all of us. Uh, to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And so whether you're full-time and you've got plenty of time to study your sermons or you are burning the midnight oil to just be faithful to preach the word, that is what we are here for. And uh, that's what the Southern Baptist Convention is here for, for the propagation of the good news of Jesus Christ. And we all have that calling, whether it is as a member, as a pastor, as a missionary, as a church planter, replanter, you name it, all with this call, to reach the world for Jesus Christ. And um, so we we know this episode dealt a lot with some of the news in the SBC. There's just some things happening that we want you to be aware of uh, and, and also to encourage you, especially if you find yourself in a bivocational or even tri-vocational ministry, uh, that, that we love you. We're here for you. We're in the same boat with you. And uh, we know the struggle. And uh, we just encourage you to stay in because the fight is worth it and we're all better together as we preach the good news of Jesus Christ, whether megachurch, microchurch, and everything in between. And uh, so this episode has uh, hopefully been helpful, hopefully been informative, uh, but ultimately uh, we hope that there was at least a laugh or two because life is short, uh, ministry is hard, and, uh, and we want to encourage you to lighten up a little bit and find some time this week to encourage somebody. Uh, if you're a full-time pastor, I challenge you, uh to take a Bible guy out for dinner, out for coffee, encourage him, learn from him. Uh and uh because man, the, the whole tweeting at people just it isn't gonna cut it long term. We've got to learn how to discourse and uh and converse with one another uh together uh in the flesh and uh so God bless you, Kyle. Why don't you uh, send us out? Tell us where people can find us and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So you can find us on Twitter. Uh, so I guess they can tweet at us there at <laughs> NAB underscore podcast uh, on Facebook under our name, Not Another Baptist Podcast, on the web at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. And I think that's that's it. You shared our personal Uh, Twitter's there earlier and we're both on Facebook pretty active there so you can look us up as well friend us Um, and uh, until next time may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare